Please remain standing and take the Bible, the scripture in your hand, and turn to our first scripture reading, Isaiah 52, the book of Isaiah 52. If you are using the uh, church Bible, you will find it on page 779, Isaiah 52. Verse 7. These words are concerning uh, those uh, preachers of the Word of God who brings good news to people in this world. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Now turn to the New Testament, the Gospel of John chapter 1. As we continue making our way through the Gospel of John, this morning we will uh, dwell together in verses uh, 6 to 13. John 1, 6 to 13. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all, all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, our Lord, our Creator, as we now hear your word, Lord, would you Take us to the green pastures of your eternal word. Would you lead your people beside the still waters where they will rest and find life and confidence in you and in your word. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, we continue looking at the Gospel of John, in which John, the author of the book, introduces us to Jesus Christ as the Word, the the life, and the light. I hope 
those of you who have been given your full attention has grasped that already. But why Jesus as the word, as the life, and as the light? Why is John pointing us to Jesus Christ with those three wonderful qualities? Word, life, and light. Now I want to remind all of you, he is pointing us to Jesus Christ as the eternal word of God because Jesus was God's communication. Jesus was God's message through, through which, through whom as a person, God speaks to people. Hebrews 1-2. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Father's communication to the world. God speaks to sinners. God speaks to his people through his Son, Jesus Christ, who is the written word and who is the living word. The word. And as the life, because he is the very eternal life. This morning in Sunday school, we considered the claim of Jesus Christ. One of the seven I am statements of Jesus Christ. I am the resurrection and the life. Eternal life is found only in Jesus Christ. Nothing, nothing else. No one else but Jesus is eternal life. And Jesus as the light because he is the one true light who illuminates all spiritual realities to all people. Do you want to know who God is? Do you want to know the way of salvation? Do you, know, do, do you, do you really want to understand the problem of sin and the remedy of sin? You need Jesus as your light. Jesus illumines that light in your mind, in your heart, and then you understand the realities of spiritual truths in your Christian life. So Jesus has been introduced to us in the Gospel of John as the Word, the life, and the light. And now, John continues speaking to us about the light, about Jesus as the true light. But he does that this morning from a different perspective, from a different angle. And I, I will tell you what I mean by that. John, this morning, is telling us, Jesus as the light, he shines the light upon us to, to reveal to us The importance of witnessing to the light. The importance of witnessing to the light. He also shines the light upon us to show us himself as the only true light. And then he shines the light upon us to show us the true nature of unbelievers and the true nature of believers. 
And with that in mind, I want us to consider three things this morning from our text. First, the witness to the light. You see that in verse 6 to 8. And then the true light, you see that in verse 9 and 10. And then the audience, the nature of um, false believers and true believers, verse 11 to 13. And you can only see that, you see, if the light is shone upon you. When God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, shines that shine upon you, you see these truths. First, the witness of the light. Listen to John in verse 6. This is the author, John, speaking about another John. Don't be confused. John the Baptist. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. You see the shift now. I hope all of you see the shift now. From verse 1 to 5, we have been talking about one man, Jesus Christ, who was not created. One man, Jesus Christ, who was God. One man, Jesus Christ, who was outside of creation. The creator himself. Now John is bringing you to another man who was created, who was merely man. But who was sent by God to witness about the light. You see the importance of witnessing to the light. You see, the the prime duty of every preacher, every believer, every church, the prime duty of all these people that I mentioned is to witness about the light. And the true nature of Christian ministry has been established for us here. This is your purpose in life. As a preacher, as a church, as believers, this is the chief end of your life. The main purpose of your life, to become a witness about the light. Now think about John. The author is telling us he was sent by God. He was sent by God. And you all remember your Bible that John was indeed sent by God. And there was prophecy about him in the Old Testament, prophecies about him in the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This is concerning John the Baptist. Before he appeared, before he came, in the Old Testament, there was prophecies about him that he was going to come and his purpose his goal his mission will be to witness about the light he will come as a preacher as a pastor as a preacher but he will come as a witness malachi 3 1 behold I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord who, uh, whom you seek 
will suddenly come to the temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Who is this? John the Baptist. To, uh, uh, to come as a witness. Prophecy. It was fulfilled in, in John chapter 1. When John the Baptist appeared. Not only that, his, his birth was miraculous. Both his parents were barren. Zechariah and Elizabeth were barren. And you remember his father, a priest, who was doing his temple duty in the temple. And then an angel appeared to Zechariah. And Zechariah was troubled. He was afraid. And the angel in Luke 1.13 told him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for, for your prayers has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. John the Baptist. You see how he came, how he was sent by, by God. His, his calling, his birth, his appearance was extraordinary. It was unique. Because he came to show us what the true nature of Christian ministry is. What is the church all about? What, what, is the, what are the preachers all about? Why do we preach? Why do we become a church? Why do we join the church of Jesus Christ as members? What is our goal? What is our purpose? Why are we together in one local church? Here is the purpose. To witness to the light. To witness about the light. His call was so unique. Listen, it is okay if you question whether a person has a call to the gospel ministry or not. That's why, you know, the church always requires the in internal call and the external call to kiss one another, to meet with one another. The inner call in the individual, external call from the church, from God's people. And then we, we confirm that the, that person has a calling and we call them to gospel ministry. That's how I was called to the gospel ministry. But I will tell you one thing about myself. myself. My birth was not miraculous and no angel showed up at my parents' house to tell them I will become a preacher. John was unique. John was extraordinary. Why? To show us what the Christian ministry is all about. Listen to John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. So first, he came as a witness. And John knew that. John understood that. John respected that as a preacher. Listen, ministers of the gospel are not holy uh, men, you know, ho holy above everyone else to dispense salvation and grace to other people. That's not who preachers are. That's not what the ministers of the gospel are. They are witnesses to the light. 
You know, the famous term today is what? You know, spiritual coach. They are not spiritual coaches. To help people to overcome depression and failure in life. That's not why I'm calling. I'm happy to help people to overcome depression, but my ultimate purpose in life is to witness about the light. And John knew that. Listen to John in verse 15. In verse 15, uh, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. This John. He was not exalting himself. He was not trying to dispense salvation and grace to other people, but he was just witnessing to people about the light. In verse 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Sinners, John was saying, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. He is your only hope. If you want to see your sin being removed, forgiven, come to Jesus. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the people of God. Verse 30. He said, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came, baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And then verse Um, 34, John uh, said this, And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. I have seen and I bore what? Witness. This is Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And then verse 36. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. You see, everything that he did, everything that he was saying as a herald, as a preacher, was to witness about the light. And I want, I want to tell you all, uh, think about the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Not, not only the ministry of John the Baptist, but even the ministry of the Apostle Paul was, was built on this principle, 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. For I have determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's who I am. That's what my ministry is all about. About Jesus whom Him crucified. Acts 1.8, Jesus told His disciples, but you will receive Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth, you will be my witness. You see the importance of witnessing about the light. And what is the purpose? The purpose, you have it in verse 7. The purpose is, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. Well, in John chapter 20, we see the purpose of the book of John, the gospel of John. 
The Gospel of John was written so that people would hear the message of the Gospel, believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and have eternal life. But now, you see, John is saying to believe through him. Through who? Through the messenger. Through who? Through the witness. Now let me ask you this. Do we believe through the preacher? No, we don't believe through the preacher or by the preacher, but we believe, we, 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 say, we, we, um, we, we uh, receive eternal life, we are saved by believing the message that the preacher brings to us. The witness. Through John, as a witness, through his message. Isn't that what Romans 10, 14 to 15 says? How then will they call on him in whom they have not, not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching, someone witnessing, someone presenting to, to the, presenting to them the facts about Jesus, who Jesus is, that Jesus is the word, the, the life, the light, you know, unless I present that truth, that message to you by the grace of God, no one will see the light. No one will believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So preacher, preachers are needed. Witnesses are needed. Some, sometimes you and I make a mistake when we say, well, witnessing, uh, telling people about Christ, um, witnessing about the light is the responsibility of the pastor and the elders. It's not my responsibility. No, 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 no. It is our responsibility. It is the responsibility of the entire church. Why do you, why do you give your money to missions, to foreign mission of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church so that the, the denomination would, would send missionaries to the nations to witness about the light? We are witnesses. All of us are witnesses. Maybe some of us are called to the gospel ministry as a full-time ministry, but we all are witnesses. Now notice, to avoid, to avoid any confusion, in verse 8, we read, He was not the light, but he came to bear a witness about the light. Now wait a minute. Are we not the light of the world? Jesus speaking about us, about his disciples in John 5, uh, John 5, 14. He said, you are the light of the world. In John uh, chapter 5, 35, John the Baptist himself was, was called the lamp that is burning. So are we not the light? What, what, is, what is John talking about here? The difference, my, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is... Uh, John the Baptist, as the light, ye and I, as light, we are a derived light. But Jesus is the essential light. Jesus is the source of our light. We are the reflection of Jesus. We are the reflection of the message. But he is the light itself. But we are the derived light. We are not the light, but we are the lamb. 
that reflects the light of the message. See the difference. He is the light, the only light. And you and I reflect him by witnessing about him as the light to other people. Secondly, true light. Verse um, 9 and 10. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. The light, you know, the true light means genuine light. It means authentic light. It means real, actual light. Do you want to talk about true light? True light, true spiritual light, it is Jesus. He is real. He is genuine. He is authentic. There was darkness in the world until he, as the light, came. Psalm 18, 28. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. When Jesus came to the world, the whole world was in darkness. Isaiah 9, 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone through Jesus. This is his birth. This is his incarnation when he appeared as God in the flesh, as human. People show light. When Christ arrived, the second member of the Trinity, he becomes clear and visible to us. Beloved, you go to the Old Testament. You see Christ in the Old Testament, for example, as a rock. You see him as a shepherd. You see him as a suffering Messiah in Isaiah 53. But then you come in the New Testament. You see him as the light. Lightening your darkness. Hebrews 1.3 He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. God. God's nature. Um, I don't know how many of you know uh, the man, but uh, Jesse Ryle, uh, an Anglican bishop, a wonderful Bible commentator, um, commenting on Jesus as the true light. He said this, and I'm going to quote him. Christ is to the souls of men what the Son is to the world. He is the center and source of all spiritual light. Like the Son, He shines for the common benefit of all mankind. For high, for low, for rich, for poor, for Jew, and for Greek. Like the sun, he is, he is free to all. All may look at him and drink hells out of his light. What a description of Christ as the light. As the sun, as the sun is to the world, Christ is to the souls. Is he your son? Is he your light? How many, are, how many of you are in darkness this morning? You don't understand anything about who Jesus is. He's your light. He's your son. He can 
light up your mind and your heart to understand who really he is, who really he is. And that brings us to the audience. The, the, the light shines and reveals to us who the uh, true believers are and who um, the false believers are. And verse 11 and 13, listen to, uh, to John. He said this, He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. You know, let's pause there. Who are his own? The Jewish people, the Israelites. He came to his own, the chosen people of God. The nation Israel. He came to his own people. When he came to the world, he first came to his own, the Jews. And he came to them as a good man. He came to them as a good shepherd. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He performed miracles in every house, cities, and villages. He was so good to them. What was their response? They crucified him. They loved darkness more than the light. Jesus, the light came to, to them as the light of the world. And they say to him, no, no, we prefer the darkness than you, the light. We don't want you. In fact, we are going to kill you. So they crucified him. Do you know what John the Baptist said about Jesus? When some of his disciples came to him and they told him, hey, hey, John, Teacher, master, your ministry is in crisis. This Jesus has come and people are going to him. No one is coming to you. You are in crisis. And John said, my joy is fulfilled now. He must increase and I must decrease. Go to him. He is the light. I was witnessing to you about him. Go to him. I am not delight. But look at these people. They killed him. They rejected him. He came to his own. And his own did not um, receive him or, be or believe in him. And the reason was they loved darkness than light. Whose fault was that? I want you again to listen to Jezreel. I'm going to quote him again. If millions of mankind are mad enough to dwell in caves underground or to be, to be bandaged uh, their eyes, then darkness be their own fault and not the fault of the sun. So likewise, if millions of men and women love spiritual darkness than light, the blame must be laid on their blind hearts. Because they purposely and intentionally loved darkness than the light. They rejected Jesus. They rejected the Messiah. That's the true nature of unbelievers. They hear the gospel. They hear, they hear the call to repentance and faith, and they say, no, they reject it. And when they reject it, they reject it as they love darkness 
than the light. It's like, you know, you try to witness to people in America and, um, you know, you know, in, in, you know, in, in times that I, I try to witness to people about the light, uh, some of the responses that I got in my life was, keep your religion to yourself. I have my own religion. In fact, recently one man told me, if you Christians don't keep your religion away from us, we will take you away. Very angry. And that's darkness. Darkness was speaking. Darkness was angry. The man chose darkness than the light. What about true believers? Who are the true believers? Listen to John. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name. He gave the right to become the children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now listen carefully here. What is the difference between true believers and false believers? True believers who loves the light, who believes in the light, and those unbelievers who love the darkness over the light. What is the difference? The difference is not because the believers are smarter than the unbelievers. The, uh, the, the difference is not, you know, the believers are more holier than the unbelievers. The difference is not the efforts of the believers to earn salvation. The difference is the believers, those who believe in the light, have been born of God. They have been regenerated. God saved them. God converted them by the power of the Holy Spirit. The difference is regeneration. Because John is saying, he came to his own, his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become. He gave them honor to become his children, but the source of their faith and who they are was who were born not of blood. Listen, beloved, Christianity, salvation is not through heritage. It is not through our parents. Listen to the word of God. Uh, uh, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Only God can do that. Not our parents, not our religion, no one else than God himself. Regeneration from A to Z, from the beginning to the end, is the work of God. Born of God. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Who? God, through Christ, made us alive while we were still dead in our sins. 
You know, sometimes people say, when I choose God, when I choose my salvation. No, you are dead. Dead people doesn't choose. Cannot choose. Choose. They don't have that ability. They're dead. What about my free will? Your free will was completely under the bondage of sin. You are in darkness. You are dead spiritually. Even if you have free will, your free will, because it is under the bondage of sin, will not allow you to choose what is good, to choose God, to choose the light, to choose salvation. You need God. You need God's intervention, God's work in your life to become a true believer, born of God. Isaiah 43, 3. Listen to Isaiah. God was speaking to Israel. And he said to them this, Isaiah 43, 3. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Not only your Creator, not only your Shepherd, but your Savior. Now I'm going to bring this home and ask you this one question. Why are you in the church? Why are you a Christian? Why are you in the church? Why are you part of the work of God's kingdom here at Redeemer? Why are you a member of Christ's church if you are not witnessing about the light to other people? Those of you who are witnessing about the light, God bless you. Keep doing that. Those who are not witnessing about the light, listen to God's work today. Beloved, look around us. You know, we should be very thankful for one another and for this gathering of God's people in Christ church for worship. We should be joyful about what we see around us. But, but this shouldn't be it. More should come. More should come. This place should be filled, not by our own strengths, but by witnessing about the light to other people. And then people will flow to God's church for worship. They will love the word of God. They will love the fellowship of the saints. So take this with you. Be a witness to the light. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, help us to love your word. Help us to enjoy your word. Help us to benefit from your word. Help us to obey your word. Help us not to be burdened about your word, by your word, but to be joyful and go out and be witnesses of the light, for the light, about the light. Oh Lord, we pray that uh, you would empower every person in the sanctuary to think about these things seriously and become a witness to the light so that the ch your church would be filled by worshipers who love and desire to worship you in spirit and in truth. And that for the glory of your name, not for our own glory. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.